Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Life Radio. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. I'm Sarah Moore-Rader. And I am having a very good week, and it's Tuesday. <laughs> That's incredible. I'm glad you're having a good week. I feel better. Because last, awesome. last week, I did not feel well. Yes. My, um, my headache chased me all week long. Did it. But I'm doing much better today. I'm glad to hear that. So. And it feels like fall. Can you believe how chilly? It's cold, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it? I don't. My body does not like cold weather. Now, mine doesn't either, but I love the change in seasons. I I enjoy the change in seasons mm-hmm. inside from under a blanket with the fireplace on. <laughs> <laughs> and some and some hot tea, right? And most, I think I've had three glasses already, plus Starbucks. So I've I've had like a little bit, a little bit of caffeine today, and I I much prefer to be warm in in my core. Like if my if the inside yep. of my body is cold, I will be cold forever. I'm with you. I know, I know that, and I know that feeling. It's just it's so uncomfortable, and you can't you just my whole body tenses up. Yeah, like you're, that's exactly my, right. My whole body tenses up. And I told my dad um, yesterday, he, he was here. I was helping him do something um, online. And I told him that it's it's like when my body gets too cold, my hands start to like curl in and it's like the claw, the claw <laughs> <laughs> from from Toy Story when, when the claw is coming yeah. down for the little uh, rubber aliens who are adorable, by the way. Um, I would adopt, adopt them if I could, but, but my body doesn't function well in this weather. So I really have to be diligent in taking care of myself. That's good. While it's cold out. That's, that's good. Are you being diligent in taking care of yourself? So far, so good. Well, good. So, well, it just kind of just got cold. So I know we kind of, we have a little bit of a, it of hit, a- well, it went, it went from 80 to 50 in the, the course of one day. Mm-hmm. And then last night there was a frost advisory, yeah. and yeah. so this is October the sixteenth today. 16th? I think it's October yeah, the sixteenth. So for it to be like that chilly already, it is. It is kind of crazy. So when it gets like this kind of cold, I have to admit I'm ready for Christmas stuff. Yes. And, and the only problem is it actually has to get colder before Christmas gets here. And then, but it seems like it gets cold, cold. And then when Christmas comes around, it's not, it gets warm, warm again. again. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. But so I do, I have to admit that, um, I was on my, I was driving, um, home, um, from a little bit of a, of a trip and I started listening to Christmas music and I'm like, it's just the middle of October, Sarah. And, and I'm talking to myself thinking, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing that? And I thought, heck yes, I should be doing this. If this is what I want to do and I'm going to enjoy it and it makes Absolutely. me happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. My cares? um, We started several years ago. It was probably, um, well, I know it was four years ago because we've done it every year that we've lived in this house. This this will be our fifth year doing this. Okay. okay. We had, when we first moved into this house, Megan had the opportunity to dance in the Disney's Christmas day parade. And so we, the Disney one. Yes. Wow. Did I know this? You should have, but it was a really stressful time. So, okay. I mean, it was, it was four and a half years ago, or I mean, it was five years ago. So, oh, okay. Well, right then we, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, so we spent the, 
first week in December in Florida. And as we're looking at the calendar, we had, you know, you have Thanksgiving and then we had that week that we were going to be out of town. And then you get into December and we had something going on every weekend. So that year we actually decided to put our tree up on the Tuesday election day, the first Tuesday in November when the kids were out of school so that we could enjoy it mm-hmm. and not have to wait until the last month or the last minute to, to put it up. Uh, we really wanted to have the time to enjoy all of our Christmas decorations. And we loved it so much that we've done it each year since. I absolutely love it. So, yes, it's fall. I'm celebrating fall. I have my pumpkins on my porch. They and look really cute, by the way. Thank you. And, you know, my cute fall bow ribbon, which I absolutely love. I will be very, very sad to take it down. But I will be taking it down in just a couple of weeks when my Christmas stuff goes up. Yeah. So I start putting up fall stuff in August because it's yeah. like back to school kind of. Right. I mean, that's when my. Everybody calls back to school fall. Right. So Even that, though it's still, you know, 90 then, something degrees. Yeah. <laughs> technically summer. But I, so that's when I start putting up my fall stuff with the pumpkins and just getting ready for harvest time. And then first of November, I'm like, it is Christmas. I want, I want two months. I love having two months. And I know that comes from my mom. I I mean, she's, she's Christmas crazy, but I, I love it. I love having the, it's just, there's a magic about it. There is. There's still a magic about it. And I, for the past several years have been really, really difficult and I really wasn't looking forward to it. But this year I really am so excited about it and excited about decorating. I have, you know, I'm renting a house and so I'm going to be able to decorate my house for the first time with the stuff that, you know, I'm really excited about it. And and I know the kids are, and well, they, they will be. (laughs) I I told Luke, I said, I told, we were watching TV. We, um, We've been watching that 70s show. Like, that's his favorite show. My kids love that show. And I will have to tell you, um, there is a phrase that Red says all the time. And my children love to repeat it to each other. And it is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I mean, I never thought that I would like that 70s show. And, and it can be, and it is crude. It is, it, yes. There are some crude things in it. But I, I mean, just the... It is funny. It's well, it's funny, but it's also just it shows this dynamic between husband and wives and kids and friends. And I mean, there's just so many relational dynamics in it that it just makes me giggle all the time. But anyways, I'm sitting there talking to we're sitting there watching it. Luke's probably I think he's probably watched the entire eight seasons, like probably four or five times. I mean, that's how much he watches it. That's what he falls asleep to. Which I wish there were other things he would have fallen asleep <laughs> to, too, but not red talking. Whatever works. But well, yeah, at least he falls asleep. He'll be 18 and next week, so I shouldn't, I can't really say much. But so I'm looking at him. I said, Luke, I'm, where's our Christmas tree going to go? And he's like, Mom, it's October. And I said, I know. I said, it's time to start planning for Christmas. He said, that's just wrong. And so he's going <laughs> off about how it's wrong. And I'm like, but I don't care. I, and he said, so you're going to, when are you going to start decorating? I said, as soon as Halloween's over and he just rolled his eyes at me, but I don't care. I mean, I'm just so excited about it. I don't do Halloween. I don't either. I just do fall. I just do fall and, and it lasts until election day. And Uh then, yeah, the people that, you know, around here and it could be everywhere, but it seems like there are, People really love Halloween around, like the decorations, like go all out. They go all out more for Halloween than they do for Christmas. Like 
the lights and the the inflatables and the graveyards and the skeletons and the I don't even know. I mean, it's crazy to me how it I mean, is crazy. I just I shouldn't say I just don't understand it. It's not it's not what I I don't understand it either. And um and there are not a lot of things about Halloween that that I like. But my neighbor has this little light thing that they shine on their house at night. Mm -hmm. And there are these really adorable little um, cartoon ghosts that are flying around (laughs) their house. You do like that. And I, well, now that I know that it's like the first night that I saw it, I was like, what is that? Oh, that's right. That's their ghost. That's annoying. But now when I'm pulling in, I'm like, they're kind of adorable. You just can't find it. Well, going back to that 70s show, um, one of the characters is Fez, and he's an foreign exchange student. And so I was just watching the ha- this Halloween episode, and he's like, you can dress up and get candy? Like, I can't do his accent very well. I mean, I can't, I'm terrible at accents, but he's like, and like, and he's like, he just kept asking over and over yeah. and over. Like he just needed clarification that that's really what was yeah, happening. Yeah, free candy. Yes, free, free candy. candy. Like he could not believe it. And then they show him going to this house, and the first person that he goes to, he gets an apple. <laughs> he was so <laughs> mad. <laughs> he was so mad. But um, it's like you all lied to me. But I just, I mean, the thought that you can go around from house to house to house and get free candy was free candy was really amazing to him. My my. <laughs> Megan, my Megan, um, would always, she couldn't quite understand how all year long, everybody tells her not to talk to strangers. But then one day a year, they want you to go knock on their door and ask for candy. She's like, I don't understand. It it doesn't make much sense, does it? It really doesn't. But um, there, there wasn't really a way to explain that to, you know, a five or six year old, because I'm not sure I understood it myself. It is kind of creepy to think about you just go to somebody's door and just right. hold out a bag and they give, they you, give you whatever it is yeah. they're going to give so, you. It, it's, so Halloween is in full effect around here with decorations. And I will tell you, I love the the flying ghosts much more than in our old neighborhood. There was this house that would do like these giant plastic spiders I remember, and they were crawling had, up, yes, crawling up, crawling the, up the side, side of, of the house. house. I had to drive a different way so that I didn't. Like, I cannot. It's disgusting. Yeah, they were, and they weren't. I mean, they were enormous. Like, they took up. They're bigger than I am. Yeah, and they would be climbing up. Oh, yeah, I remember. So that. I'm like, I'll take the flying ghost any day. I'm with you. I'm with you. Fred. Any day, but I, I am ready. I am ready to decorate for Christmas and. I just, I think that the older I get, the more I think I'm going to be retiring south. There is really? part of me, well, not that Cliff and I will ever retire, but. Like we have, have, like, we have, I have a house down there? I think that we will have a house down south somewhere because it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Cold weather hurts. Yeah, it and, does. Um, and I think there might just be some time where I'd like to go somewhere warmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that kind of moves me into, we've been more of a more serious topic. So you said, uh, which yeah. is interesting how you say move down south. And I've always wanted to live, I would love to live down south too, um, uh, for in the wintertime. Right. And, um, but I've been thinking about um, the people that have experienced the hurricane. And yes. have you seen the drone pictures of, I think it's um, 
Mexico, I don't, Mexico Beach, <laughs> maybe I'm saying that, I don't even remember, but all the beaches that were really in the panhandle that were really, really devastated. Have I you haven't, seen any? No. It is crazy. The I've never seen a hurricane devastation like this. You know, you've seen, I've seen flooding and I've seen, but I mean, entire, entire neighborhoods just completely flattened. And um, it was just unbelievable to me to see the devastation and for somebody that's never been through a hurricane, not and has not even been through a huge storm like that, I can't imagine that. And I can't imagine what it would feel like to um, to have that fear every single time a hurricane would come in and just yeah. know. And a lot of times, though, they've been through so many that they don't think that you know that anything's going to happen I, just by reading and doing some stuff. So, um, but what I was thinking about and, and trying to understand a little bit about is when I was looking at the drone pictures, it was kind of like, that's what my life has been like, where this huge storm came in and just completely demolished my life. And, and it was just like, if somebody could fly over and have a drone of my life, they would just see complete devastation and complete, um, utter chaos. And, and it was in that moment that God was just kind of like, Sarah, you can't, because ex- I, because this last podcast, I talked about being feeling alone and, and, and all of that. And he, and he said, Sarah, just like you can't understand what it's like to go through a hurricane, unless you've gone through what you've gone through, whether, you know, um, divorce and, um, just the chaos of the past five years, nobody can ever understand exactly what it is that you've gone through. And, um, and the thought that I have to, that those people have to go back and now rebuild everything that they've built for all of these years that everything that they've relied on and had, it's kind of, it's the same thing with, with my life. And, and until somebody actually experiences it, they can't understand. Mm -hmm. And, um, reading, um, down to, um, down to what I, I have to go and get a new name. I have to get my new name done. And like, I walk into the social security office, which I still have not done by the way, because you cannot believe how chaotic that place is and how many people. I can. My dad and I are, are currently filing for, um, for his disability. And we're doing it online to avoid the office for as long as possible. Yeah. So, yeah, it's okay. Insane. It's, it was insane walking in there. The wait. The mm-hmm. wait was insane. The people, um, there's armed guards. There's all these women behind, par- women, I, but I didn't, because mm-hmm. I didn't see any men, all behind partitions. And I'm like, what is, what, why are, but it was just weird that I have to go in and I have to change my name. It's changing my identity. It's doing all of this stuff. And I never thought about that before. And just like with somebody with a hurricane, I can go down there and say, here, let me help you for just a little bit, you know? But when I leave, I don't have to think about that anymore. It's not my reality. It's not what I want to do and, um, or I don't have to do. And so it's just kind of like that same kind of, it's going to take them years and years and years and years to rebuild and, and get back to, and they'll never get back what they had before. Right. Um, and, and, so it just looking, I have a heart for them and I have, but I can't understand. And even if I wanted to help, I'd want to help, but I don't have to take it with me. I don't have to live with it. And that was kind of what God was like teaching me 
that I'm really not alone, that people, but people can't understand unless they've been through it. Um, I don't know. So it was just, um, a moment of clarity for me that, um, I can rebuild and I'm going to rebuild, but it's just going to take some time. You are rebuilding. Yes. Yes. There's that, but I can't expect people. And the other thing is I can't expect people to understand because they've never, unless they've been through it, because how can they? Right. And well, the same could be said for any event in life. And that's exactly because somebody could go through a divorce and not go through exactly what you've gone through. Correct. Somebody, you know, I'm not the only child. I'm not the only woman in this room who was a child who was abused sexually as a child. Correct. But we didn't go through the same thing. Right. And you can, you can want to help. You can, you can, you can want to help, you can lend support, but you don't have to know, you don't have to understand, you have to accept. And have you can have compassion and, and exactly. empathy and all of that. I think that's why grace is so important mm-hmm. because each of us have different journeys. Each of us deal with, we have different personalities. We all deal with things in different ways. And one of the things that I've really, really learned is to keep my mouth shut a lot when it comes to people that are hurting mm-hmm. because they don't, we, we don't need your advice. We really don't. Um, because there's a lot of times that, yeah, in practical ways that, that, that advice might work, but there's so many variables and so many things that end up happening when somebody's hurting. And what I've really learned when I'm, and cause I used to like think, well, this, this is so cut and dry and we can just, if they'll just do this, if they'll just do that, then, then it'll, but it's not like that. What people really need when they're hurting is to know that you're there with them in the midst of it and that you'll come along beside them, you'll listen, and they'll tell you what they need. They really will if you're willing to really listen. Um, and you have been so good at that. One of the ways, one of the reasons why I feel so safe with you is because I don't ever feel judged. You're not. I know. I know, I know that, and that's what's been amazing about that. Um, and like going back to the whole hurricane thing, there's going to be things that there's going to be people that say, "I don't want, I don't want to rebuild there ever again." Um, I, I'm ready to just move on. I will never be back in that place. There are people right. that are going to rebuild what they had and 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 take it from the ground up and do something even better. There are people that are going to have, but they're going to have to. So people are just going. People are going to say. I would love to, um, uh, they're just going to have different reactions and they will, and that's okay. And just because one person has one reaction and another person has another reaction, doesn't make it right or wrong. Right. It just means that they're different and they're going to, um, allow God to use it in a different way in their life. So I, I really appreciate how you have let me work this out mm-hmm. and not judged me. And I know that when we were younger and we, and you had your things going on, I hope that I was listening. I have no idea if I did or if I didn't, but if I didn't, I'm really sorry. (laughs) I don't know a time when you didn't. I know, but I'm just now looking back and thinking, 
you know, I have, I just, I don't know. I hope I've loved you well. I believe that you have loved me well. If you are looking back and seeing things and wondering if you weren't listening, you were listening. I wasn't talking. Hmm. Because if I look back over the Stephanie that I have been for the last 40 years, there's one thing I know is that there was a lot of stuff that I kept inside because I didn't want to be judged or, or I wanted to fit a mold that somebody else said I had to fit. And so if what was inside didn't fit that mold, I kept it inside. I get that. Now, Stephanie doesn't give a flying flip. She will say what she wants, when she wants, how she wants. That's not always true because I still speak with love and compassion and grace. But I think you get the 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 gist of, of I hope you get how I'm trying to explain myself to you. Um, I no longer live feeling the need to hold myself back mm-hmm. to fit what other people need. So if you're feeling like there was a time that you weren't listening, it was probably because I wasn't talking. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. And, and I've done the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think just going back, just going to our book, Uninvited, um, if you read the first chapter, talking about trying to hide, trying to, and I, and I think that what you're well, she st- even talk she opens up chapter two about with hiding and, yes. and where she hid as a little girl because it was, Did you it have was a hiding her, place as a little her girl? safe. Um, I, th- okay. Did I have a hiding place as a little girl? Um, not that I remember because my villain lived with me and there was no place to hide. Mm-hmm. But talk a little bit more about the villain. Cause we were upstairs think... talking about talking about that. I, I think before we came down here, we were okay. talking about villains and our stories and all right. and you, you, so, you worded that so well. So when I, one of the greatest things that I learned um, from going to the captivating retreat in 2012 was that we all have a story and I don't know everyone else's story. I only know the part that they play in mine. Mm -hmm. And so obviously I'm the hero in my story. Well, of course you are. (laughs) And I'm Cinderella. You can be the hero and I'll be Cinderella. Absolutely. You know, I am, I am, um, I am the beauty in my story. And, and if you read the book Captivating, which I highly recommend, and I think Sarah and I will be reading um, after uninvited it's one of my favorite books the, the, of all time that's mm-hmm. it's language that that you will hear there um obviously i am the beauty in my own story and but my story has villains and they are not necessarily the villain in their own story but in in, in my story they are my they are my villains and, and there's more than one well, if you and go, I've had to work through that. And if you look at scripture, it's all about a story. Absolutely. It, it, the continuation of a story. And it, and it started with, you know, with the, with the hero mm-hmm. and with him pursuing us and then, and then a villain coming in and, and everything that we now feel drawn to, it goes back to that original story. Absolutely. I, I love, I love that what is in our hearts really is the the story is God's story. It's God's story. It's God's and, story. And, yeah. you know, we say all the time, life is a journey. Life is a journey. Life is a journey. We're on a journey. We'll never be complete until, you know, we're on the other side of heaven. 
because it's all a journey. What is a journey? It's a story. It, it is a continuation of a, of a story. Mm-hmm. It, it is to be continued, dot, 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 you know, check back in a year. <laughs> it, it is, it is this continuation of story. And so I don't have all of the details of every person that plays a part in my story. You don't have all my details because I do not just like the whole, the whole, um, hurricane things were just things were totally things in our life have been totally demolished but each house has had stuff that was different exactly different in it exactly and each person you know had things that were special to them that were probably taken away or things that they can't get back so everybody's lives in some ways have been demolished Mm -hmm. um so we're just all trying to figure out how to how to rebuild rebuild. yeah how to rebuild and how to climb up out of the destruction and devastation Mm -hmm. And so, but she talks about having a hiding place as a little, so no, I did not have a hiding place as a child. Um, I have found through my self-discovery that my hiding place was inside myself. Mm. I, and (laughs) this is a whole, this is a whole other, you know, my tattoo of, of, you know, the outline of Minnie Mouse is a reminder that it is safe to share my inner little girl with the world. And it is because I spent a lifetime hiding and protecting her because I was the only one who protected her. Mm-hmm. Or that was my belief. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And I grew up with that same belief and it had nothing to do with when you're, when you have been violated in such a, in, in a way that nobody should, they're in, when innocence is taken away, yes. it shatters your belief about the Everything. entire, yeah, about the entire Everything. world, about your entire worldview. Right. And then when you don't feel safe to let that out and then you don't feel safe to tell other people, that's, you can't, there's nobody to then reshape your, what's true. Right. What is really true. Right. What is really true. And, and so it, it is, I lost my train of thought. It was good too. Oh. All right. The little, the little girl that you want to free. So she is free. She is free. Um, my children tell me all the time, mom, you're such a child. Well, hell yes, I am because I didn't get to be a child while I was a child. So I get to be a child now and we'll grow up together and it will be so much fun. And that's how I feel like how you feel about Minnie Mouse. That's yeah. how I feel about Cinderella. I know. Uh, and I, I will never forget the moment you met her at Disney World. It was a beautiful thing. I could not. Well, <laughs> I'm telling you, there are not words. It was a beautiful thing. I could, I mean, I'm almost crying. I mean, thinking about that again, because it was such a gift to me. I, she was Cinderella character should not have been where she was. And she just happened to be walking through. And she even looked at me. She actually broke character because Disney doesn't, Disney Disney does not do that. But she actually broke character. And she said, I'm hardly ever in Epcot. Like, Mm-hmm. And, and like, and, and she, and it was just this magic, it was a magical moment for me to know that God went out of his way to plan for that little girl. Mm-hmm. And every time I see Minnie Mouse though, I, I, I just, I see you and I, and I do, I, I think about the freedom that you have had because I've known you for so long and I, and you're right. You couldn't be yourself. You didn't know how to be. I didn't know how to be. And I didn't. And I didn't either, and I haven't either, but it's been a, when you start surrounding yourself with people who love you, 
<laughs> and let you be yourself. Unconditionally. Yeah. Unconditionally. When people who love you unconditionally. Um, it is a freeing thing to you, accept it, to hold on to it, and to learn to grow in it. Mm-hmm. Because we can actually be who God's created us to Absolutely. be. Absolutely. And that person doesn't change whether you're six or 36 or 46 or whatever it is. The core of who we are is who we are. You know, I I don't, I I know that that sounds so stupid, but it's, it's true. It doesn't sound stupid at all. It's the, I was made to be delighted in and um, pursued and, beautiful and captivating and that that's what that little girl wanted and that's still what this girl that that right that the desire for that never goes away right never goes away so in being in going in uninvited she says that there are two core fears that feed, feed a person's sensitivity to rejection and she says the fear of being abandoned and the fear of losing one's identity and can going back to how Satan has continued to try to do that in my life, to be abandoned, to lose my identity, the innocence of all of that. It has been this core um, belief to me that I will, nobody will ever love me and that I, the identity that of who, of who I want to be will never be who I am. Mm-hmm. And through my divorce, that was, again, just beaten into you. It was. And it's not true. No, it is not. It is not true. And um, it's really, really good to come out on this side and to know that God continues to work good in my story and to fight off the villain all the time mm-hmm. all the time and that is that is the core um of this chapter is defining how we defining how we view ourselves through god himself mm-hmm. and um so she says to ask I just want, hold on. I want to read this part before we get into, before we get into the three questions that she says to ask. I think that's good. She's talking um, here about stopping lies and, and, um, and the, the hurt that, that comes from this circumstantial identity, the identity that you are claiming amongst yourself based on your circumstances or the things that have been happening to you. Um, In her case, she uses, her father leaving when she was a child. Okay. So, um, but, but she, she writes this, you know, here is what we should be saying. We should be saying, I'm yours, God. I mean, seriously, there's no other, there is no other. I am his, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, what's crazy about the good, the bad, the ugly. He's, he wants it all. He wants it all because he, loves us unconditionally absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely god loves my ugly parts even when i'm letting them hang out that's why i let them hang out (laughs) he loves them anyway okay so here it is so 
I'm not who that guy says I am. I'm not who that girl says I am. I'm not who social media likes and comments say I am. I'm not who the grades, to-do list, messes, and mess-ups say I am. I am not who the scale says I am or the sum total of what my flaws say I am. I'm going to stop flirting with the unstable things of this world so I can fall completely in love with you. I am loved. I am held. I am yours. I am forever yours. I am absolutely in love with this. Mm -hmm. The way that she wrote it because I don't live... Stephanie today in 2018 does not live under any labels that anyone else tries to put on her. There are people who don't like listening to me. And I say, that's fine. Turn off your podcast. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I am comfortable in my own skin. Mm -hmm. God loves me as I am. And every day I'm asking him to use me as he sees fit. Mm-hmm. And if you're not the one that he's using me to touch, then that's not that's not on me. There's going to be somebody else. There's going to be someone else that's going, and it's going to be okay. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing that we all. There's going to be somebody else that that they can listen to that mm-hmm. that, that that will speak directly into them, and and I am comfortable knowing that it's not me. Mm-hmm. It, it's. I don't need to worry what you think about me. Ten years ago, the thought of getting out, getting in front of a microphone and doing all of this, even though it's been my heart's desire to help other people um, to grow and to change from that's from the beginning of time, because that's who I am. Ten years ago, thinking about doing that would have been awful because one comment would have devastated me one comment and now i'm sure i know that there are going to be people that don't like me. even my daughter says mom that was kind of boring (laughs) okay well you know fair enough it was i can get that you know it's fine i get that um but if there's one again if there's one person you know that that can relate remotely to what i'm saying or it or just can see the love of God that he has for them, then, then it's worth it. It's worth, it's worth it. But it's easy saying that and it's hard to take it in uh, when, when you get the comments that aren't so nice, but I don't read them. So send all the bad comments about me. You want that? I don't see them. My, my husband deletes them (laughs) before I hear it. He does. I I have a middleman and I love my middleman. So well, in the in the chapter, she has that there's three core questions that help us to really have this, what she calls an intimacy based identity with God. And the the, the three questions is is that how about get some get some how about some grammar here, Sarah? The three questions are so sorry. Is God good? Is God good to me? And do I trust God to be God? Um, when I was looking at this, I thought, good. I just wanted to really figure out what good is. We use the word good. Well, actually, we don't use the word good very often anymore. It's like great, awesome, incredible. We have, like, we've had to outdo the word good. Yes. Uh, and so I was like, that's just an interesting, is God good? So I looked up. Good is just okay. Yeah, that's what I feel like. If somebody said, if somebody said to me, good job, I'd be like, 
Mm, I didn't do good enough. Good job. I mean, yeah. like, I'd want awesome, incredible. I still remember in fourth grade when um, I would pass all my multiplication, um, <laughs> I mean, all of my multiplication things, and Miss um, Martin would put awesome on there, and she would put five or six stickers all over the page. I mean, like, that to me is what I want. It's like, so the word good, she would have just put good job on it. I, I don't know if I would have taken that in to be like I was good enough. So I looked up the word good, and the definition is to be desired or approved of. Having the qualities required for a particular role. That which is morally right. Righteousness. Benefit or advantage to some to someone or something. Things are well. And I thought, good is a good word. <laughs> good is a good word. It's an incredible word. If somebody said, Sarah, I desire you, I approve of you. You have the qualities required for a particular role. You are morally right. You're righteous. You you have a benefit and an advantage to something in my life. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, "Well, dang, I'm I've got it going on." But before, I would have been like, "That's not that's not good. That's not good." You know, it was just, it's not good enough. And so is God good? And yes, he is. Yes, God is very good. And if you look at it in the context of that, um, that definition, you can see that, that he has poured out his goodness over us so that we can be, um, because we have a particular role in a story. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a role in his story. Yeah. So then she says, you know, is, is God good to me? And um, I love that she uses Romans 8.28. Cliff and I started watching this show, Manifest. It's a new show on NBC. ABC, NBC. NBC. And NBC. it's so good. Lydia it and I have been watching so that. It's so good, mm-hmm. but they've been using yeah. 8.28. And um, they did use Romans 8.28, which, if you don't know, is, um, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so I... I've always loved that verse, but um, it stuck out to me after having just watched the show over the weekend. And and so I, I really enjoyed that. But what I highlighted here is one of the things that, Cl- and sh- I think this is, yes. So one, one of the, the things that, that Cliff and I talk a lot about um, is that what you focus on is what you feel. Yes. And, and so the sentence that she has highlighted on the page here is the mind feast on what it focuses on. What consumes my thinking will be the making or breaking of my identity. And in further, she says, therefore I have to keep my mind focused on what the Holy spirit whispers, not what the flesh screams. She says my flesh, but not what my flesh screams. And this is one of the things that just gets me because I I think that a lot of times in life, um, urgent things scream louder than important things. And we can get so wrapped up in the screaming that we miss the whispers. Oh, yeah. And so you have to be tuned and focused on listening to the whispers or you'll only hear the screams. 
That is so, so true. And our flesh <laughs> screams very loud. It does. Whether it's about not exercising because it won't feel good or that thing of ice cream I'd really want or ice cream sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> or feeling hearing that gossip because that'll make me feel better about myself mm-hmm. or I could go on and on and on about all the ways that my flesh screams at me. Um, but it's dying, <laughs> letting that flesh die so that the spirit can have total control. Absolutely. And that's hard. It is hard. It's very hard. Um, one of the things that my very favorite professor, and I know I've talked about him in former podcasts, um, his name was Bob, and he's actually gone and he's gone on to heaven now. But um, in systematic theology, one of the things that really, really stuck out to me was he he would talk about how, and she does, he, she talks about this too, how the world is in decay. In Romans eight twenty one, it says that the world is in bondage. It's slave. It's the world that we live in is slavery to is in slavery to corruption. And I liked. I loved those words. Yeah, I did. And that that's the world we live in. Just like our flesh, we are. If we go with what our flesh says, we are slaves to corruption. Absolutely. Because we know how to mess things up really well. Um, because that's what, that's what we're bent towards. Um, I remember Bob talking about how, um, it's in James, it's in, it's in the book of James where he talks about, um, where Paul wrote, or I'm sorry, Paul, see, I talk about Paul all the time because I went to Romans. James wrote, James wrote that every good and perfect gift is from, from above. So he's, he said every good and perfect gift. He said, I remember him saying, if you experience anything good in this life, anything good. It's a gift from God because the world we live in, and and I'm using yes. these words again, is a slave to corruption. Yes. And so how often in life do we take for granted the birds singing, <laughs> the green grass, your green grass growing in your brand new lawn? Um, it's getting there. I know. <laughs> the, the warmth, the warmth of just having a cup of tea with a friend or like those little things. Those are all good things. Those are the things that we were supposed to experience. Um, and we take them for granted because we don't understand what good, what the definition of good really is. And, um, and so I just, when I really think about all the good that's in my life and all the, the good that God has purposed for me, I am so abundantly blessed. I am so, because really the hurricanes the starving, the the adultery, the murder, the gossip, all of it is what the world is bent towards. But when we experience good, we're actually in any kind of thing, we're actually seeing God's presence Absolutely. at work. And that's an amazing, an amazing blessing. Um so with these three questions, is God good? Is God good to me? And do I trust God to be God? If we really truly look out for the good, yes, we will know that is true. Absolutely. And we can base our identity based on not the hurricanes. Not the world. Not the flesh. Mm-hmm. But who God is. 
and who he says we are in his story. Because (laughs) there's going to be so many other things that come into our lives that say you can't be that child that loves Minnie and you can't be Cinderella and you can't be free. But that's just not true. That's just not true. God has fought and fought and fought for us to have and to experience his goodness. And he will continue to. And he will continue to. Mm-hmm. The war is won. It the is. The battle is hard. It really is. Um, but I'm so glad that I have you to do this battle with. Like, I get overwhelmed when I think about everything that you and I have been through and just how you've stuck by my side. And that is a gift of God's goodness to me. It I really would agree. Is. It really is. Um, I feel the same. And I remember, we have to wrap up because you have to go. So I don't want to, we could, we could sit here and talk all day, friends. We really could. But I want to say that, um, just on, on what you're saying Mm -hmm. was that, um, in June of uh, 2007, Hmm. no. Yes. Wow. June of 2007, I asked God for a friend. I am lonely. These kids are... Actually, no, that can't be right. It had to have been 2004 because it was before McKenna was born. Yeah, it was. Well, we had known each other before then. It was in 2004. We moved into that. We moved into that house in um, September of 2003. Mm Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, because we it was in 2004. Yeah, we knew each other. We did. We knew each other, but it wasn't until then when I started. I started. I said, "God, I need a friend. I am lonely. These kids are crazy." If anybody told me my kids were going to turn out just like me, I probably would have never had any. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I love my children. Yes, and, and you're an they, incredible. They they are a lot like me, and um, I'm I'm lonely. I'm going crazy. I got to get out of this house. Thank you for this house, but I got to get out of it. You know, and I was just, I, I need, I need a friend. And he sent me a sister, which has been, um, I've been profoundly grateful for. Thank you. And don't, and any of you that, you know, you start praying and start really looking and searching and don't, overestimate the power of a Hershey pie. That's right. From Burger King. Let me tell you, it's amazing, as is their their onion rings. When I was eating onion rings from Burger King, I don't eat them anymore. I know. But, but at the time, they were fantastic. I know. And we had the best time letting our kids play. I was just telling someone the other day how our whole relationship was built on Hershey pie and onion rings. <laughs> and Diet Coke. And Diet Coke. Oh, at I the drank time. regular Coke then. Okay, well, I drank Diet, Diet Coke. Coke. And now we both drink Coke Zero. Yeah. So, and let the kids play on that playground. Yeah. And this just the time that we got to sit there, obviously it wasn't, you know, it just required us allowing God to bring, to be available, to allow God, to allow God to bring that person in and then to be vulnerable. Um, And it wasn't comfortable at first. It was so not comfortable to, to let our ugly hang out. Um, But that's what, that's what's required in order to have a true intimate relationship. Absolutely. And that goes not only for you and I, but but it also goes for our relationship with God. Yeah. To allow our ugly to hang out, to allow him to invite. He sees it anyway. Yeah. So what's the point in me trying to hide it from Correct. him? Correct. 
and I know, and then to allow, and then to allow us, and to allow him to invite us into true intimate relationship, and um, that's what it takes. It is. It's absolutely what it takes. So um, as we're, 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 I just want to, I just thought of this story, and I think it's hilarious on on friendship and 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 intimacy. Anyway, so we're at Burger King. Um, Lydia's at the table with us because she was still in the high chair. And Luke and Matthew and Megan are in the play area playing. And Megan comes over and she is mad. And she is pouting. And you just can't. We're like, what happened? What's the He won't play with me. And she points to this boy who is in the play place playing with Luke and Matthew. And they're having a grand old time. He won't play with me. Why not? Because he won't tell me his name. Really, it was she wouldn't play with him because he would not tell her his name. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing, well, to share your name. (laughs) (laughs) And to be vulnerable. To be vulnerable enough to share your name Mm -hmm. and to share your ugly and to find intimacy with people and with God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is... That's just the way that life is. It is the way life is. Guys, we encourage you to find yourself in a place to be vulnerable with God. I pray over everybody who hears this that you have a person in your life to be vulnerable with. And we encourage you to continue to live your life authentically.